Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. I have a question for my white listeners, or particularly and specifically for my Republican listeners. I mean, here we've got minor traffic stops ending up with black people dead. Jaylen Walker, for example, you know, 60 bullets. Walter Scott was stopped for a non-functioning brake light in South Carolina in 2015. Samuel DeBose was pulled over in Ohio for missing his front license plate. Terrence Crutcher in 2016 was walking near his stalled car when he was killed by the police. Marquinton Sondland and, and Keisha Michael were unconscious in their car in California when they were shot to death. In a Minnesota suburb, Philando Castile was stopped by police looking for a robbery suspect. I had a Republican call into this program last week and just go on and on and on. Hey, Black Lives Matter, burning the cities down, right, 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 right. I was looking over some of our YouTubes from the show over the weekend, and I caught his rant. And it suddenly hit me what, what frankly, I should have said is, okay, white guy, Republican white guy, if black cops for the last well, I mean, this has been going on 400 years here in, in North America, but just say for the last 20 years, if black cops have been killing white people and getting away with it, unarmed white people, repeatedly, obviously because of their race, what would you do? Serious question for my Republican listeners, and I know you're out there. What would you do? Wouldn't you be out in the streets? Might you not be protesting? Now, granted, most of the violence that happened has now been legitimately tracked back to right-wing provocateurs or so-called left-wing anarchists. I, I don't call them left-wing. I think they're just nuts who think that if you burn down everything, society will restart itself. None of these people are rational or are normal actors in this thing. But what would you do? Serious issue. Tucker Carlson comes to explain to us why it is that this young man in, in Highland Park shot up the town. Now, it's not because he was at the, these rallies. It's not because he was a Trump humper. It's not because he was uh, wrapping himself in the Trump flag, literally, for his pictures on social media. No, it's because women have been lecturing men for too long. Now, keep in mind, Tucker Carlson promotes white replacement theory, 
which has been cited by numerous mass shooters as the reason why they're killing people. So if you want a reason why some of these people are killing people, uh, you know, just look at white replacement theory that Tucker is promoting. He said, there are a lot of young men in America who suddenly look and act a lot like this guy. Now I'm going to hop through his rant. He says, they're high on government endorsed weed. Right, yeah, marijuana. And of course they're angry. They know their lives will not be better than their parents. They'll be worse. Well, yeah, you can thank Reagan for that, destroying our unions. And yet the authorities in their lives, mostly women, never stop lecturing them about their so-called privilege. You're male. You're privileged. So a lot of young men in America are going nuts. Are you surprised? Give me a break. If, if the Supreme Court tomorrow legalized shoulder-fired missiles, we would start seeing cities where we were under attack from shoulder-fired missiles. We have legalized assault weapons, weapons of war, so we're seeing attacks by weapons of war. In Japan, the only thing that's legal is a knife, and what do you get? You get attacks with knives. Now, you get to choose which weapon do you want in your society, but, you know, blaming women for this and blaming marijuana? Insane. Alex Koch is on the line with us. He's an investigative reporter with the Center for Media and Democracy, campaign finance expert, helped launch the Money and Politics website Sludge, and a contributor to the American Prospect, The Nation, and Vice.com. Exposed by CMD.org is the website. Alex, K-O-T-C-H is his Twitter handle. Alex, uh, welcome back to the program. So I, I saw this brilliant piece, Who is Bankrolling White Nationalist Hate Groups? Tell us about this. I got my hands on the manifesto that the Buffalo murderer uh, wrote before he killed 10 black people um, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And um, I realized that he cited the websites of two pretty prominent white nationalist hate groups in his report. Uh, he cited propaganda that they put out alleging that you know uh, black people were inferior to white people. Uh, it's entirely propaganda, but you know it influenced this this person who ended up becoming a terrorist. Uh, and so, what I'd known from my past reporting was that those two groups actually not only are there are they considered charities by the IRS, so taxpayers are subsidizing them, but they're also funded by several major donor advised fund sponsors. And so, what those are is money managers uh, who have clients, often individuals who put their money into an account that these money managers you know, manage. They invested in the market and it accrues wealth. And that the donors, quote unquote, advise the managers where to give their, their money. Um, the thing is, these managers actually own the money. Once it goes into their accounts that they're managing, uh, you know, Fidelity Charitable Investments, uh, Vanguard Charitable, um, Schwab Charitable, and most, most prominently Donors Trust, which is a conservative version of these, um, are actually funding white nationalist hate groups. Uh, Donors Trust gave $1.6 million from 2019 to 20 to VDARE, um, and also gave over 600000 to uh, the nonprofit behind American Renaissance. So I've reported on this before, but I thought it was, it was uh, as good a time as ever to, to uh, remind people that we have mainstream institutions that are giving considerable dollars, uh, large chunks of the budgets, uh, to these extremely dangerous white nationalist groups. So tell me about uh, VDARE and uh, the American Renaissance. Who are these guys? What are they up to? Well, v 
VDARE uh, is a foundation, and it's also a website called VDARE. Um, it is led by uh, Peter Rimelow, uh who I guess is a British immigrant, ironically, um, because they are known for their anti-immigrant rhetoric. Um, also, they've published on their website lots of white nationalists, uh, anti-Semites, etc. And also a couple um, folks who ended up working for the Daily Caller, um, just to sort of call attention to the nexus between white nationalist groups and right-wing media. Uh, and the American Renaissance uh, is led by Jared Taylor. He's kind of, uh, you know, one of those sort of older influential white nationalists uh, in the country who's been on the circuit for quite a while. Their their main work and what they're most proud of and what they're really known for is a report called The Color of Crime. That they first wrote in 1992, and they continue to update. Now, this is what the Buffalo Killer cited in his manifesto. Uh, the color of crime is, is um, you know, it's absolutely white nationalist racist garbage. Uh, it's it's using uh, data and you know, making false conclusions from it in order to portray people of color as innately violent and hypersexual. Um, these are, you know, longstanding racist tropes going back hundreds of years. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they updated it most recently a few years ago, um, and um, they continue, unfortunately, to be funded by taxpayers. So you mentioned Donors Trust, this conservative uh, group or fund. Uh, does it work that wealthy people give them money, they invest that money, the wealthy people still have a claim to the capital, but the interest is going to these these uh, racist groups? Or, or uh, was I misunderstanding what you were laying out in the beginning? Not exactly. So if, if you're, this is actually now the most popular uh, donation model in the country, at least as far as dollars go, because yes, mostly fairly wealthy folks are the people who have the money to start these accounts. There's a minimum fee, sorry, a minimum amount you need to invest. But essentially you're, you're going to a money manager and say, I want to start a charitable account with you. Will you take my money, invest it wisely, and then dole it out to the nonprofits of my choice whenever I, whenever I would like. And most of them easily say yes, and they don't discriminate as far as which nonprofits receive the money. Um, so it, 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 they accrue interest, but any, all of the principal and interest is part of their account, and then they can give that to whatever 501c3 charities they so like. So these are actual donations? Yeah, they're actual donations, but they're technically they're technically coming from the these donor advised fund sponsors. So Donors Trust, Fidelity Charitable, Vanguard Charitable, Schwab Charitable, um, National Philanthropic Trust, you know, there, there's a lot of them. And they're giving five or six figure, even seven figure amounts to these uh, some of the worst groups in the country. Wow. Uh, you also mentioned uh, Convention of States and a shadowy institute filled with fringe doctors and ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. Uh, what's up with them? Um, are you, refer you must be referring to a couple of different stories of mine. Apparently. Um, <laughs> but just to, to summarize, the you know, Convention of States is a group that is trying to have a constitutional convention um, and they've been working on this for years. They go around to the state legislatures uh, and encourage them to pass laws uh, either basically signing them on to this convention uh, or, or having it, putting it on the state ballot as a referendum to decide if they'll be at the state, uh, they'll be at the um, convention of states. And so what, what they hope to do if, if this does happen, and they have to hit a threshold of states before it will happen. I think there are only a few states left before they can do it. And the worry is that if they do this, 
um, first of all, they can change the U.S. Constitution however they like because this has never been done. Right. And so they can do whatever they want. And, you know, things that, that until recently seemed um, unthinkable, like uh, getting rid of women's access to abortions completely, they could do that at the constitutional level. Uh, but they could do a lot of other things, too, that aren't actually, <laughs> unfortunately, starting to unfold. Um, and uh, some of them claim that they just wanted to, to make it a balanced budget amendment, which is you know, just basically ruling that the federal government can, can never spend more than it's borrowing. Uh, but, you know, there's no reason to think that they couldn't also do whatever they want. And, and the state lawmakers who would be, go as delegates who would be going to these things, are, are becoming more and more extreme. And also, the right has a majority in the majority of states. So uh, it could be a complete disaster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are they getting money from these from these, uh, uh, these donor trusts and whatnot, or are they uh, independent? Yeah, no, they, I believe they do. I'd have to check my notes, but um, they, Convention of States Action um, is, is kind of, a, I believe, a 501c4 group that's connected to a, a charity that does receive donations from um, Donors Trust, but also from a lot of the right-wing family foundations. Is, is Donors Trust, I mean, has anybody confronted Donors Trust with the fact that they're, they're funding anti-Semites and, and, and right-wing racist hate groups? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, are I, they I, proud I, of it or are they trying to hide it or what? Well, they sidestepped the question. Um, they stopped returning my emails after a couple articles I wrote a few years ago, um, but I continue to, to get on the beat. Um, but their, yeah, their CEO, Lawson Bader, um, sent a comment to me, which was why. Uh, he said that, you know, um, we don't control where the money goes. It's up to the IRS. Uh, but actually, all of these types of groups, including Donors Trust, have in the fine print um, that their board of directors has to approve or reject any potential nonprofit recipient of donations that they're giving. So, yeah, I, I'm, um, on the, I'm on the board of a nonprofit foundation that, that gives away a lot of money, and it's absolutely true. <laughs> the IRS doesn't decide go. anything. I mean, it's I mean, look, yeah, the, 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 legal, the legal facts are that they own the money. So how could an outside, how could someone else who doesn't have any claim to the money anymore dictate where it goes. That's just not how it works. And, and the reality is, um, I mean, Donors Trust is a right-wing group, and I don't really know where their board of directors stands on white nationalism, but I think they'd be more amenable than the Fidelity Board. And the Fidelity Charitable folks, I would assume, are just scared of a lawsuit. You know, they're wow. scared of some precedent being set. That, um, but I think that, you know, doing the right thing is more important than paying some lawyers to defend. Amen. Amen. Alex Koch, uh, exposed by cmd.org is the website. Alex, thanks. Thank you so much, Tom. Robert in Grays Lake, Illinois. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind today? I think that the briefly which you gave is absolutely correct. This area that, that we're in, a few miles north is where Kyle Rittenhouse came from. Another thing that's kind of interesting, the lake, just to give a little background about the Lake County Police in relation to this. There was a cop a few years ago staged his death, and it was later, and it was discovered, it was almost immediately recognizable that what he did is he had been caught embezzling, and it was about to, to, to kill this, uh, another official. And the Lake County Police Department refused to accept that, even though it was obvious. Now, back to this situation, knowing the area, and knowing how, how prevalent this right-wing situation is around here, I mean, there are even people that are three percenters on the board of the Lake County board here. 
but but going back to Highland Park, that area is very easy to have been secured. I would, if I was a people in Highland Park, would start to ask the mayor, "Why did you not secure this area?" Well, there were a, there because were a whole it, bunch of cops and first responders in in that parade. I you know I I don't know how you can secure I'm a parade. Tom, I'm saying that Tom, this is the, the whole thing is odd. He left the weapon there. Let, climbed down from the building, was driving around. They won't even reveal how long was he driving around in the county armed because we were having a party when I found out about it. People were terrified. Right. He drives all the way up to Wisconsin. That's like a 90-mile drive up to Madison. Opts not to do something there, drives all the way back. He turned himself in. Yeah. They did not catch him. He turned himself. No, right. after he drove up to Madison, Wisconsin, according to what he right. told the police. And, and, and I'm yeah. saying, OK, he goes from one of the most heavily Jewish communities in in the in the region and then and right. shoots it up. And then he drives to one one of the most famously liberal towns in the region and thinks Correct. about shooting it up and decides not to and goes back to back down to Highland Park. Um, you know, there's smoke. Is there fire? There's, there's fire. If the, all the media's got to start doing is start asking the mayor and the Lake County Sheriff's Department some real details and not just this yeah. dodge. Well, I'd, I'd like to know about this December 12th, 2020 uh, demonstration where this, uh, you know, I, I get it. One random person on Facebook saying something, but she puts a whole bunch of links out there and, and asserts that she was there as a witness and she's made it a public post. I just I retweeted it a few minutes ago. Um, so it's on my Twitter line, feed if, you, if you're looking for it. Um, but yeah, serious stuff, serious stuff. Robert, I got to move on, but thank you for the call. Vicki in Chicago. Hey, Vicki, what's on your mind? This guy, Cremo, he's not a lone wolf. And I think that's the Facebook title on the one page. Yeah, Um, that was it. It's just like the brown shirts. So much is going on, but these groups are very organized. They're very determined. They're very active. They've doxed local people all over the place and personally threatened. A lot of us have, you know, had, you know, personal confrontations with some of these types, and they're just determined to, you know, take things by force. And that's kind of, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Um, And we've been talking since the 90s about right-wingers after McVeigh and the Oklahoma bombing infiltrating our military our law enforcement, and our court. And now here we are 20-some years later, they're on the Supreme Court. And it's no surprise if they're in law enforcement in this county um, where the shooting actually happened. If you drive through there, you'll see the, you know, the local support for the MAGA QAnon theories. And um, I, I think we fool ourselves if we think that this is... You know, it's just another mass shooting. More and more of these, we can see where there's targeting, and the person doing the shooting has a history, whether they've been radicalized in a brief period of time or a longer period of time. But they're very tied in. The lyrics of this guy's rap songs tie in exactly with a local hate group called Awake Illinois, Hmm. spelled with a Q for the QAnon. And the person who runs that is uh, well-connected with money, and they're working very hard to get their people in elected offices from precinct captain all the way up to the top. Amazing. But, you know, so that's the question is, you know, is he really connected? And given his family's, his grandfather was mayor of Highland Park. His father lost the election to the current mayor. Um, 
but you know on camera the family is very uh, you know sympathetic and you know heartbroken about what happened but the fact is they're part of that MAGA QAnon nonsense and that and that's also pushing for violent change yeah yeah there was a, one of these giant marches in uh, Boston over the weekend in fact and the police did absolutely nothing to or not it was not violent actually it, it, I, I said violent I meant nonviolent um, but you know uh, basically when you, when you Nazis were you know, hiding their faces this is the Klan all over again hiding their faces it is and the thing is when you go out there to volunteer as a poll watcher for whichever party you're registered with and you get directly harassed by someone and i've had it happen to me personally i've numerous friends now who've had it happen personally and you know they drive they might even drive by your house you know it goes really the the workers in georgia that was a representative sample of what's wow. going on across this country right now wow so the women who testified uh before the committee on january 6th and the harassment that they suffered by being targeted by the president himself right miss ruby and her daughter uh, yeah i get yeah, it yeah and that that's going on on a local level across this country okay they are determined and they don't care about right and wrong well they they're they're operating out of what they believe is right that that white people and christianity are the the, the way of america uh, you know basically white power and christianity were what america were founded on and therefore uh, everything else needs to be set aside or pushed out of the way. I mean, this was Hitler's big shtick. I really think that's part of the lie now in this country. With our capitalist system, I'm not anti-capitalist, but um, I think these people know exactly what they're doing. And it's not what they, I don't, I think they're very much like Trump. They don't really believe in anything other than their own uh, power and control. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. Just like every other vicious crime yeah. has a lot more to do with power and control over other people than it does some ideology even about what's right and wrong. Yeah. I, I, and, I, that's, and we fool ourselves if we subscribe to that, that they, you know, individual voters who aren't involved, yes, they're, they're you know, they're anti-abortion or they're, you know, whatever their beliefs are. But this, um, this thing with the ones who are active, and fomenting no they they're, they're, they're not the ones out there doing the rants i get it vicky thank you very much robert in fort myers florida hey robert what's up well this is the first time i've ever called a talk show before but i watch a show frequently on thank you um free speech tv the reason i called is i'm very concerned that in our society today we've become more authoritarianist and it bothers me because it's completely antithetical to what this country was supposed to be founded on. And I'm wondering what your ideas are and what your opinion is of what people should be doing to try to combat that. I think the, the starting point, what, what you have is, is psychological poison that is spreading through the bloodstream of America um, with these hateful ideologies. Um, we, you know, prior to the era of social media, uh, you know, it was basically on the margins. Um, but what has happened is that uh, social media has, uh, you know, they, they tune their algorithms to push, you know, if, if you have a little bit of an interest in something, they push a whole lot more of that at you. So you become essentially a fanatic about it. And so, you know, if somebody's concerned about 
something that might uh, uh, dance around the edges of this, you know, the idea of affirmative action, for example. You know, you read a story about affirmative action and, and the algorithm notices that you read that and so then it starts pushing, you know, things to you of, of people who are saying, oh yeah, black people are getting all the benefits. And then pretty soon it's like black people need to be wiped out or Jews or, you know, fill in the blanks, right? But I think that and I may be wrong on this, but I did a hell of a lot of research into this for my last book, The Hidden History of Big Brother in America. And I really believe that most of this would not be happening if it were not for the algorithms that are running on social media right now. And Congress needs to do something about that. We need to get that under control. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Patrick in Seaside, California. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind today? At what point do the um, Biden administration or the Democrats at large take the gloves off? I've had two points where I wanted to mention that uh, a year apart, both in the month, month of January, I've had two moments watching MSNBC where I yelled at my TV, oh, my God, finally. One was when Biden said, um, you know, in his first address to Congress that uh, – trickle-down economics doesn't work. It never has. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've been waiting like 10, 20 years for someone, mm-hmm. much less a president, to say this, was watching Chris Hayes say, you know, when he did a clip about um, all the right-wing talking head idiot lunatics uh, losing their minds over uh, Biden, specifically is saying he was going to keep his campaign promise to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Right. And Chris Hayes coming out of the break said, out of the whole clip, said, Oh my God, he's laughing. He goes, I, I, I just, I can't handle these, these mediocrities, these, um, <laughs> these legacy cases. Um, and I wanted to know at what point, since they call us every name under the book, every ad hominem, you know, anyone le- just left of the late Rush Limbaugh is a Marxist, communist, or socialist to them. And what point do we get to use the, the F word, the fascist word? Before you answer. I wanted to say, I keep forgetting to mention, I think that I'm about a half a degree separation from you and Richard Bandler of um, NLP, Neuro-Linguistic mm. Programming. How so? Because I, I was friends with the late Robert Anton Wilson and his wife Arlen, and oh. I used to do interviews with them in, um, in 1992 to 94 and mix them with music. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Years. I have a friend, Michael Curlin, who's a science fiction writer, who was friends with Wilson also. Yeah, and he always so. insisted that everybody call him Bob. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, uh, that's a, maybe a topic for another another uh, another call. But uh, so I mean, I think the the guy who's a former Republican strategist, I think his name is Rick Smith. His one go to one liner is uh, the Democrats always show up to knife fights with soup ladles. At what point? <laughs> yeah. Which I always liked. I thought that. I know. Damn, that's a. I know. Damn it, that's a great line. I know. Well, true. you know, Democrats are trying when, to go. When, when do we start? When, when is Biden, you know, he's starting to build up. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is Biden basically like 
uh, Mel Gibson as William Wallace in Braveheart, where like they're waiting and they're waiting, and he's like, "Wait, not yet, right. not yet." You know, like wait to the whites of their well, eyes. Well, their surrogates are out there. Are we going to pounce? Their surrogates are out there right now. I mean, Patrick, earlier this week, I believe it was, we had Jamie Harrison, who is the new chair of the Democratic National Committee, the the, the head Democrat in America, you know, outside of the president. And on three different occasions, as I recall, in that one phone conversation, he referred to Republicans as fascists. And I openly, I said, you know, I've been using that word for a while now. Um, I don't hear it in the mainstream media. Are you, are, you know, is this now like policy for the Democratic Party to call Republicans fascists? And he said, well, I'm sure doing it, or words to that effect. I mean, the clip is, a, up, is up on YouTube. You can see it. There's a woman who, I can't remember her name, uh, yesterday, it was on a replay uh, break on uh, um Stephanie Miller's show where she said she talked to Jamie Harrison and she just tried to emphasize to him, you know, I mean, come on, guys, you got to keep you got to get more aggressive. Yeah. Um, like like M Michael Moore said years ago, where are Dick Cheney's? Where are a-holes? Where are our bastards? You know, our SOBs? You know, yeah. why, why don't we have guys who are just going yeah, to close that? the closest we ever got to that was Bernie. And he was none of the above in terms of, you know, the, the qualities you're describing. But he was the the outspoken outlier. Right. And now, you know, the, much of the party has fallen in line with Bernie and, and, and it has had a, an epiphany, and, and Joe Biden included. AOC was brilliant last night. Yeah, AOC. Well, I guess AOC is as close as you can get to, to a Jim Jordan on our side, but uh, although she does it with style and grace and elegance, and he's just a. And uh, facts a buffoon. and reality. Yeah, there facts you go. And reality. Bless and you, sanity. Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> and truthfulness. Patrick, I got to move along, but thank you for the call. It was, it was great. Robert in Forest Grove, Oregon. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Hey, Robert. Do you remember Ronald Reagan made a statement in August of 86? He said, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I remember, remember that. And then he said, government is the problem, not the solution. All right. And he repeated that over and over for years, and that became his mantra. It became a truism in the minds of uh, many people, and that's what conservatives, libertarians, Republicans they beat us over the head with that. Oh, and there was a third part to it, too. Reagan also said that there are no good people in government, because if there were, if you were a good person in government, you would leave government for private industry because you can get paid more. Exactly. In other words, well, in Reagan's Democrats mind, good people are people who make a lot of money or work for the money. Democrats never came up with a counter to Reagan's words. They never had a simple way to explain the role of our government. Yeah, good point. And that's what I want to give you today. There's okay. a simple way to explain the role of our democratic government and what Democrats are for. Okay, I'm listening. It's the preamble to the Constitution. That doesn't it's, fit uh, on a bumper elements. sticker, Robert. Pardon? That doesn't fit on a bumper sticker. Um, well, the general welfare does, though, which is in the preamble. Yeah. Um, How about looking out for the general welfare of America, question mark? How's that? Well, if you go through the seven elements, that's what we believe in. We believe mm -hmm. we the people, which is democracy, elections, mm -hmm. um, unity, which means compromise, um, justice, which means rule of law, um, uh, civil and criminal courts, trial by jury, alien rights, um, domestic tranquility, which means 
we're, you're safe in your homes, mm-hmm. your synagogues, uh, the streets, um, common defense, which means we're all involved in the defense, not just the poor. And then the big one is promote the general general welfare. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you. And, and uh, when I think it was Governor Morris who, who wrote the preamble to the Constitution. And it's a brilliant summary. And he was, uh, as I recall, from New York State. I think it's a brilliant summary of the Constitution. I, I do agree with you, Robert, that Reagan got those memes out there and they still are primarily animating the right. We've got to come up with an alternative. You're listening Thank you. to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Roosevelt in Natchitoches, Louisiana. I'm sure I'm not Nagatush. saying that right. Nagatush. <laughs> Nagatush. Okay. What's up, Roosevelt? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm on this. Uh, the paper, it's got that CRT. It's a battle brewing in the state of Louisiana. There shouldn't be no battle over CRT because they're not taught in the school. This lady want to ban CRT in the Louisiana schools, something that's not even taught. Well, what they're really trying to ban is black history. What they're really trying to ban is black history. That's, that's the thing. They're not, because they can't tell you what CRT is. So what they're doing, they're saying they don't want the student to learn about history because they'll feel bad. Yeah. I say if a student taking math or science or whatever, and he's making D's and E's in science, or D's and F in science, I guess he feel bad too. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah. No, it's 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 so it's what obscene. We should, uh, not teach science. Yeah, no, I I I I think the bottom line here, Roosevelt, and I get your point. Um, uh, although I I doubt that you know math or science would make someone feel bad outside of not being well, able to understand it. But th- well, this is not about, about critical race that's theory. That's this is about black history and Native that's American that's history. What it's about. These these that's white what it's Republicans about. don't want white people, and they, frankly, they don't want black people and Native people and Hispanic people and Asian people. They don't want them knowing the history of the United States. History and they, of the United States. <laughs> and this woman, she talking about. Uh, It'll make people feel bad if they uh, learn about the uh, negative things of the country. Well, there's a lot of negative things about America. Yeah, yeah, there there, there truly are. Roosevelt, thank you very much for the call. Uh, Tony in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, thank you for taking my call here. Sure. Uh, 
quick question. I've been kind of thinking about this, and I know it's kind of pie in the sky. But uh, back in the 80s, you obviously remember, I called a tight federal funds to for roads for uh, lowering the drinking age. Is that, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, for raising the drinking age from 18 to 21. Right. Is, is, is there an avenue in terms of with the voting restrictions that are going, going on, if there's an avenue to use that logic, federal funds, because we technically, not technically, we do drive on federal roads to get to our polling station. Right. Is there a way of tying that all together? To, I you know, with- don't think so, Tony. I mean, you know, Jimmy Carter did the same thing, too, uh, with the energy crisis, you know, raised the, the speed limits from 55 to 65 nationwide in an effort to get people to, excuse me, lower the speed limits from 65 down to 55 in order to get people to drive in a way that consumed less gasoline. And because 55 is kind of the optimal speed for a car where you're most efficient. Um, and, and he was able to use that interstate commerce clause in the Constitution to do that. I don't recall if it was done legislatively or by executive action. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that they could threaten to cut off federal highway funds to states uh, that engage in voter suppression. I, that, that's something that really needs to be handled by the courts and, and, and by the voters, frankly. But Tony, keep thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's a great start of an idea. I mean, keep on thinking. Dylan in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Dylan, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. Uh, thanks for all you do. Hey, I got, I got a question about what's been going on with the uh, homelessness and the crime rate rates. Uh, mm-hmm. I recently moved into my neighborhood. Uh-huh. And there's literally one house that they are nonstop drug dealing and attracting a bunch of homeless population. Um, you literally see them through their window. It's like it's like a drive-up window. They just go walk to their window, get the drugs, and leave. And we called the cops multiple times. Then the worst part about it is I see young Native girls being trafficked from their backyard, mm-hmm. which is disgusting, horrible, and I don't know where to go about this. They Breaking, broken into their house, the cops, multiple times, and it, it's an ongoing thing. It'll be a couple months, the guy gets out of prison, he comes back in, and it continues. I don't know what to do about this, and it's a, it's horrible, the fact with the Native Americans, because um, it's they don't have as much rights as we do, right. and it's disgusting, and I want to get your opinion on it. Well, you know, calling the police is obviously something obvious. And you said you've already tried that. You can also call if you believe that the that the girls who are being trafficked are minors. You can call Child and Family Services and and report an exploited a sexually exploited minor. That will probably produce a response of some consequence. Um, you might also want to reach out to the uh, in Albuquerque to your city city prosecutor's office. You might want to reach out to your city council. Um, and uh, and you might want to reach out to your state attorney general. Those those are the places that, that I would start. I'm sorry I don't have a, 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 a you know a, a perfect answer for you, Dylan. But that's that's where I'd begin. Jessica in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind today? Thank you so much for always letting us activists get our messages out. My pleasure. Today I'm calling the DOJ at area code two zero two five 
1-800-614-2000 to say the Akron, Ohio police, eight of them, that opened, they each opened two rounds on the black man fleeing, running for his life. So I believe they should all be charged with a hate crime. And um, when driving through Ohio, my husband said, what is going on with this state? Every house flies a Confederate flag. Happened to Ohio. It's really weird. Yeah, well, the, the Confederate flag was and still is the official logo for white supremacy. Yes. And I mean, um, the last on. caller, I have something really good, to something positive. Okay. Um, I signed on to AOC has a petition online, and all my friends and my daughters and their friends signed. It says to the president, President Biden, please protect women on federal land, and especially the children, 12 years old, that need abortions. Yeah. Let's put some protection for it. He's announcing an executive order right now, but it does not include that. I can tell you right now. In fact, I'm, I was going to mention that after the, on the other side of the so break. Last caller, go online, sign petition. Okay, is that is that at, uh, uh, where do you find that? Oh, you know, I'm not certain. My girlfriend sent me the link. It's okay. AOC. It's doing a petition online. Yeah, I got it. Well, I'll track it down. Jessica, thank you. Thank you for the call. Tony in St. Petersburg, Florida. Hey, Tony, what's on your mind? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 81 and I have a voice problem, but I, I just want to comment on uh, the replacement theory. As an historian and I, I was a professor at a university, I can tell you that about 90% of us white folks do not have bona fides. Like most African Americans to be called real Americans, the only people who have more uh, are those with uh, predominantly Native American blood and maybe a few descendants of Puritans and Pilgrims and people who landed in uh, Virginia, yeah. Jamestown. Yep. And it, it just outrages me um, what's happening to this country. I, one thing you mentioned when people had trust in government, my grandfather was a top executive for a major Wall Street corporation during World War II and immediately after. And I can remember you telling me that he had to pay 90% tax. And incidentally, we did not inherit a lot. Um, but he had to pay 90% tax on much of his income. All right. That's why there were no billionaires before Reagan. But, but, and he really didn't mind it that that was his duty. Yep. As as an American and all of that, and um, what's happened to this country in my adult lifetime is it really saddens me. I'm with you, Tony. Tony, thank you, thank you for the call. And thanks for sharing the you know, the wisdom of a history professor with us. Rosella in Kennesaw, Georgia. Hey, Rosella, what's up? Hi, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm well. What's on your mind? Hey. So I was telling the screener, um, first of all, I want to say that um, I'm a first-time caller, but I've been listening since 2016. Wow, So it's great to talk to you, and thank you for making me smarter about this country and government in general. So I really, really appreciate you. But what I was telling your screener is on my mind is that the, you had a previous caller that still almost justified the killing of the young man that got, you know, shot 60 times. Mr. Walker, I yeah. J.J.L. Yes, Walker. 
Yes, I just don't understand. It's still that old, old habit of, oh, they must have done something or they, you know, as you even tried to tell him, right, that they're, you know, they had his car, you can run his license, go to his house, all of that. But it just seems still that black folks, and I'm a black um, 50-some-year-old educator, that we have to have done something, you know. What can we do right to have to not be shot by police. I just don't get it. That's the part about this country that that makes me not hopeful. I'm very positive and hopeful like you, but it's things like that. I just don't understand it. I think that there are a lot of white people in this country, probably in the neighborhood of half and maybe more than half, who just have, have never come close enough to black people in their lives to have an understanding, an empathetic understanding, to, to have put themselves in the shoes of another person, to, to, to have a sense of what it must be like to every, literally every time you walk out of the house, think this might be my last time. Yeah, I just, just uh, I guess I'm very, I'm in touch with my humanity and we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I guess that's the part that just for me is like, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm with it. Hopefully Rosella. one day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully Thank- one day we'll get on the same page. Thank there you, you go. Tom. Thank you, Rosella. I appreciate the call. David in uh, North Miami Beach, Florida. Hey, David, what's on your mind today? Let's run the experiment that it does not take a village to raise a child. Right. Let's divert the carbon subsidies that enrich the Koch brothers, children, et cetera, and divert it to the 13 million children. We can, uh, Biden could do that with a pen stroke, diverting money from defense, like what Trump tried to do with the wall. Let's divert that money and find out. Well, we did it for a year with the, with the, with the uh, child tax credit and, and it, and it cut poverty in half for children in America. That, however, ended last month uh, as a result of Build Back Better not being passed through the Senate as a result of Mansion and Cinema. But in the spirit of having a budget-neutral program, let's you know, divert money from defense or any other way to cancel out the oil subsidies because I don't want to inflict the Koch brothers' children and grandchildren with being raised by a village yeah, of carbon I, I, subsidies. I, I get it. David, thank I, you. Thank you very much. Brian in Downers Grove, Illinois. Hey, hey Brian, what's on your mind today? You know, when I turned in, this was my, my first time call. I just started accessing your, your program on YouTube, but anyhow, we were talking about earlier about generational cycles of poverty, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm in this, I'm outside of Chicago, and it's uh, very acute there, especially on the south and west sides of town. I think the current mayor is trying to do something to change that right. bit by bit, but it's harder to climb out of poverty in America today than it was 50 years ago, which is mind-boggling when you think about it. We have less social mobility now than we have had at any time since the early 1930s, the Great Depression. And uh, anyhow, that kind of slides into to what the Republicans might be for, the current crop of parties. And you can do it by thinking of a, a, an occasion we observe at the end of every October says it all. Mm-hmm. Treats being... for the rich and powerful, tricks for most of the rest of, rest of us. <laughs> oh, A.K.A. the Halloween economy. There you go. There you go. Well yeah, said, Brian. That's what they're for. Getting, getting back to the subject of uh, I called about is that uh, while these areas, like the the impoverished areas in, in 
cities like Chicago go, the uh, they need on one hand they need investments, but the reason it's a vicious circle is because a lot of people that live in the areas are fearful that if investment comes in, the gentrification will follow and they'll get pushed out of their neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. It, it, well, and, and that could be ameliorated somewhat. I mean, that's that's always going to be a problem, but it can be ameliorated somewhat by just good regulation about how you're doing those things. But, Brian, you, you raised an important point. Thank you. Suzanne in West Hollywood, California, listening on KPFK. Hey, Suzanne, what's up? Hey, how are you, Tom? I am well. What's on your mind today? Um, I am calling um, with an idea. Um, today is National Holocaust Survivors Day. And, I think it's um, Holocaust Remembrance Day. Remembrance. Yeah. Correct. I'm sorry. Um, and um, so I am calling in the hopes that uh, listeners will call Fox um, and, uh, and Twitter about uh, asking uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson to be fired for his uh, comments comparing uh, the uh, anti uh, the vaccines, excuse me, to um, the Holocaust. Yeah, and to Dr. Mengele. Yeah, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. with you, Susan. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't think that calling Fox is going to do any good, but it doesn't hurt. It's not a democracy, you know. It's, you've got Rupert Murdoch running that thing, or his son Lachlan now. But, but yeah, good point, and thank you very much for making it, Suzanne. I appreciate it, and thanks for listening to KPFK. Um, Michael in Chico, California. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. We haven't talked in a long time. Several years ago, we spoke about even a book you wrote, I guess, that has to do with uh, brain differences and thinking differences between conservatives and liberals and so on. And uh, I was super conservative when I was growing up. I became kind of liberal after that, and then I was in the middle. So many people that I know, they're about all the persuasions. And what I'm seeing is that uh, the, what the liberal people do not understand or cannot understand or don't want to understand or something is that the conservative people are so invested in keeping things the same, which means basically ignorance uh, of, of change and why it would be better. And they will fight to the death. Uh, they will do mean things very main things to people that disagree with them. And that is their go-to thing. They will, they will do that first. In other words, violence. Violence is the bottom line for the right wing. Is that what you're saying, exactly. Michael? Exactly. Now, the liberals, uh, the bottom line for the liberals is, hey, let's read a book, and, <laughs> and maybe we can change. Yeah. And, and we'll only let's use solve violence. problems. <laughs> yeah, and we'll only use violence as a very, very last resort. So yeah. they're always... Because of this, because life is a struggle, because overcoming disease is a struggle, because everything's a struggle with fighting one thing against the other. And, and, and the liberals are too, uh, too, too uh, mental, or too, not mental, too, too high. Too high uh, High-minded. The, uh, is that the phrase you're looking for? Yes. To, to lower themselves, uh, to, to actually battle. Uh, and, and the conservatives know this, and that is the, their huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree, Michael. And, and the, you know, the conservative movement, of course, a, a good chunk of it are just 
it's just pure authoritarianism. A good chunk of it is just pure racism, frankly. These are things that I think Americans are waking up to. Michael, thank you for the call. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Randy in Ottawa, Iowa. Hey, Randy, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. I've got a couple points. Um, I, I couldn't get through to you last week. Uh, that point was that um, we need to use uh, Republican terminology when, when their ideology forces their ideology on us. The Supreme Court, in, they should be called activist judges. You they remember? are, yeah. You remember 15 years ago or 20 years ago when the activist judges was the one of the uh, go-to phrases for I the do. Republican Party? I remember it well. So, so I mean, when we say that, there's that's still in a lot of people's memories. You know, when you mm-hmm. use that activist judges thing, then there might be a click in there where somebody remembers back the historical reference of it. Sure. Um, the other point is that I'm kind of, um, after all... And, and please uh, don't take uh, any, um, um, there, there's no bad intention here. That I'm looking at this like if you're white, black, blue, brown, I don't care. Um, Any time in which I've seen this repeatedly in a lot of these videos where these people were uh, murdered, um, that uh, they resisted arrest. And um, anytime you resist arrest or try to run, whether it's like the one guy that had the bad license plate, the bad registration, that's just a ticket, you know. And there's, you there's no death it. penalty in America, Randy, for running from the police. They had this guy's no, license plate. The they could have gone to his home. There's no death penalty, but it's against the law. It is against the law, but there's no death penalty. Okay, they so should you- not have shot him. And they definitely should not have shot him 60 times, but they should not have shot him at all. You know, what you do is you cordon off the region, you track him down, or you just, you know, you, they've got his car. You go to his home. I've got some inside information on that. I did, I'm doing business with a company in Akron there where this was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I hadn't talked to my sent him a call here because I was wondering why my goods hadn't arrived. And um, they haven't worked for some time because they're where the, the riots and where the uh, protests are. And uh, a lot of windows and glass broke out. But one of the things that came out was that this guy had done the exact same thing in a different jurisdiction the night before. Then track him down and put him in jail. But you don't put 60 bullets in his body. Well, uh, you know what? There's no, well, you don't shoot at people when they're just trying to run away from you. This is policing one hundred and one. It's appalling. It's appalling. And and you don't and 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 you know if somebody runs away from a traffic stop, you, you know you track them. This is no, Randy. There is no law. justification for this. Don't even try. They can't. They can't expect um, to disrespect law enforcement and the rule of law in America and not get shot. Sure, you can. This is it. America. You should be able to talk back to cops. 
You should be able to run away from cops and not get 60 bullets. Well, I'm not going to run away from any cops. Neither and, am I, uh, but, but I don't want to get shot. But but you know, I'm not I'm not living in a country where the police target me because of the color of my skin. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Okay. If I you know, I well, said this on the radio yesterday, Randy. Really if I was a black this. guy and I had a gun in my car and the police were coming up to my car for a traffic stop, which is what happened here. I would probably run too, figuring that oh my God, you know, look at what really? happened to Philando Castile. Really, they're gonna they're gonna take me out. No, I'm I'm telling you, Randy. You know, have some empathy. Sandra in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Sandra, what's up? Hey, Tom. I just wanted to uh, clear the record with you. So it was um, when the uh, whatever the Patriotic Front was in Boston recently uh, on Monday. They actually assaulted a black artist, a gentleman named Charles Morell III, and uh, he was uh, trying to record them marching. And when he reported it to the police who were there on site, uh, they told them they pretty much had their hands full and couldn't be bothered. And actually, um, Amy Goodman covered it the other day on Democracy Now! Huh. And uh, I, I grew up in Cambridge, and it's funny because the reporters reported they were coming to an area called Malden, and in fact, uh, it was reported that it was Cambridge, and Cambridge got all up in arms, and they were mm. like, it wasn't Cambridge. Well, I grew up in Cambridge, and I worked in Harvard Square, and neo-Nazis are always leafleting and recruiting from Harvard. It's ridiculous. So the idea that we don't have this problem in spades, as like I said, a native to this area, we have a big problem with that, and I'm surprised that it has you know, not received the coverage that it should. Because yeah. We're always trying to hide it, and in fact, the mayor, is investigating the police this Whoa. whole matter with the police well so because of this because of this march over the weekend Be yeah because of the assault the police wow. didn't take any action wow. and he's got it on camera yeah so it's, and so there are it's it's already sparking off and michelle who's not from here so i feel a little bad about it but you know i think you even pointed out during the um the uh St. Patrick's Day march. They want it to be all Irish again. And I remember being young and wanting to march because they wouldn't let the gay community march in yeah. the in the South Southie parade. Yeah. And a parade that for a lot of times we wouldn't go in those areas being of color. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I remember I moved to California and people were shocked to find that, you know, I didn't realize how complicit we were in that we wouldn't move to areas like Southie and Charlestown because it just wasn't done. When we moved up from the Cape to Boston, I remember telling my mom I wanted to live near the Washington Monument, which was the Bunker Hill Monument, and my mom was like, absolutely not. And we just kind of understood that that's not what you did. You because know, of all the white racists. Yeah, think about yeah. Um, Mark Wahlberg, you know, assaulting an Asian guy for being in South Boston or, or right. Dorchester, where he, I mean, right. that's, that's normal to us. I get it. Okay, Sandra, thank you. Thanks, thanks for setting the, the record straight. The, the Boston thanks, protest Tom. this weekend was violent. Thank you. Cynthia in uh, Aleska, Illinois. Hey, Cynthia, what's up? Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, there was a gentleman who called originally who said, you know, about talking about the police securing areas. You know, I mean, that is just... Uh, it's a fantasy. Uh, easier, said, easier said than done. I right. mean, there were 14, 14 towns right in this area that canceled their 4th of July parades, their 
fireworks that evening. Even Ravinia Festival has canceled this weekend um, because even though they have high security there, you know, you mask, you go through security to get to the venue. They don't feel that they can secure their area right now. So, you know, I, I just um, think that I, I, I watch even teachers in this area who seem to be, you know, and I'm, I'm the only Democrat in this area. (laughs) I I see teachers who are quitting their jobs because Illinois has mandated that they need to teach classes on tolerance, and they refuse to do it. So they're moving to red states and getting jobs. I I just, it breaks my heart. You know, and then I think, okay, you're moving to a red state, and how many states are going to make you arm yourself in a classroom? Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. I, you know, and it's great to put drones up in the air to make sure that there's nobody on rooftops. But, you know, when fireworks are going off. Yeah. How, how about instead, instead of instead of securing our parade routes, how about securing our weapons of war? I mean, you know, it's, it's well, like that's what we used to do. It, we used to have ridiculous. armories for how, them. How does a young gentleman like that be able to have an arsenal when he has a history of violence? Yeah. Well, you can thank you the know, Supreme so, Court and the National Rifle Association well, for that. Well, um, I have my own my own works for them. But anyway, um, right. and I, I want to thank you for what you do and um, the intelligence you offer on your station. I'm a WCPT person. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.